Hey everyone, as promised, here is part two of our hype episode where Mike, Blaine, and I talk about some of our favorite transfers coming into MLS for 2018. I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? Hey, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Moving on, though, our final segment of tonight. It's a hype episode. Uh, Who knows how long it's going to go. Maybe not as long as a usual episode. But what we're going to do is we're going to start talking about the transfers. I know a lot of you hardcore MLS guys probably following the transfers. If you're not as hardcore, maybe you're just focused on your team and maybe your team's rival. So what we're going to try to do tonight is go down the list and just touch on a few one to three maybe of the players, if any, zero to three, I guess I should say. There's some teams. And uh, just point out some guys that we're excited about. Maybe they're new. Uh, I'm going to open it up to you guys. If if there's a player who was added late last season, feel free to mention them. Or if you think there's a current player who is going to rebound, feel free to mention them as well. But let's just talk about some of the players we're excited about at this point going into the fantasy season. So uh, let's just kick it off with Atlanta, Mike. Uh, well, for Atlanta, um, be excited about Al Moron again, but I mean, the big name here is Barco. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, I think it's the biggest transfer fee MLS has ever paid. So, I mean, there's a lot of hype around this kid. Um, you know, some of the stack guys are, are a little cautious. He may be a young Mauro Diaz, which is still pretty good, but maybe not an immediate impact. So there's a lot of intrigue around him. I mean, I mean most of the international players, and, and you'll get, kind of get this theme as we talk. You know, it's kind of hard to really predict uh, how well they'll do. You know, it, it's hard to tell whether they're a Ladero or a Demidov. Um, and so, but I mean, Barco, I think, is the most exciting one. And now with Atlanta, they've also lost Carmona. Um, so there's some questions defensively. And that makes me really excited as a fantasy player because lots of goals going forward, lots of goals in the back. Those are the <laughs> matchups you like. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm looking at their transfer list because I haven't kept up with many of the highlight names coming into Atlanta. Uh, but I see three defenders here picked up, uh, two of them coming from outside the league that they paid money for on transfer fees with Escobar and Hernandez. I know nothing about these two guys coming in, but if they're willing to go out and pay money for defenders coming in when we had a pretty good crop of MLS veterans sitting there out of contract, going into free agency or hitting one of the re-entry drafts or the waiver draft or whatever it was, they went out and bought players when there was a lot of MLS leadership there. That's huge to me. And I wonder what their defense is going to look like. And then they went and picked up Sal Zizo, who's been around the league, brings a lot of experience. I don't know how much he's going to contribute, but I wonder what that experience is going to do for the team back there. And I mean, and then of course, Barco. I mean, when you see that type of money dropped, even if he doesn't play a whole lot and just comes in as a late sub, you got to be excited to see what this kid's going to do in MLS as he's probably headed to Europe in the next few years anyway. You guys nailed it. Barco, Almiron, Martinez. That's that's a vicious attack. Uh, as long as they all stay healthy for a good portion of the year, a- Atlanta is is another contender team as well. So it's just it's just everything is going well. Clearly, players you're going to want to keep an eye on if you are an MLS fantasy manager at the beginning of the season. 
Uh, next, going to Chicago, Blaine. Any thoughts here? Um, yeah, Chicago's got an interesting core of guys coming back that I really liked last year. I mean, I don't know anybody who didn't really like the way they were playing. And they didn't really need to make too many big acquisitions this offseason to solidify the team. I know they've gotten rid of a lot of somewhat familiar names that we've seen around, some of them that we've seen in fantasy quite a bit. Uh, David Akam going to Philadelphia, and Jao Mare is out of contract. So it's it's kind of interesting to see what's going to happen. I mean, Rafael Ramos is their only big addition, getting him from Orlando for the defense. But this team seemed to kind of, to me, lack in direction a little bit, and they had a, maybe one or two too many attitudes floating around. I know Akam was always a, I want to leave to I'm happy here. And Alvarez was looking for playing time. So I just wonder if the, a couple of these departures are going to focus this team in and are they going to be even better despite losing a few players that were key contributors for their team? Another player I'm going to go ahead and add right now is they did get a super draft pick, uh, John Baccaro, and uh, he's a pretty well-touted attacking player. He's a rookie. So he may not get a lot of time, but uh, from the fantasy manager side, I think he's one you guys should keep an eye on because if he does get some minutes, he's probably going to have a low price and he might be able to get a few goals here and there. Anything you want to add, Mike? Not really, other than, I mean, you know, we kind of saw Chicago lose steam towards the end of the year and I don't know if it was the Acom deal or what, but it just seemed like they they needed another piece. Uh, I mean, they've been in a, a lot of discussions this year, but nothing ever panned out. So it wouldn't shock me if we saw a move between now and the opening of the season. But, I mean, like right now, with the way Atlanta and New York City um, have kind of bulked up, uh, I'm kind of wondering if they're going to take a step back, you know, just because they're staying uh, pat this year. They could. They still need a, a number 10. I mean, that's that's for sure. Having a real true playmaker is someone that Chicago's missing. <laughs> Lee went. <laughs> um, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, but um, no, I think you're right, Mike. They they had a depth problem for sure last year, and I don't know if that's been completely solved this season. But uh, I, I, I think they're still a playoff team. Oh yeah, I, I would say they're probably a playoff team too. Um, but I mean, I think last year they were the four seed. Um, I, I could definitely see them just being a road playoff team this year. So moving on, let's go to Colorado. Now I don't know about you guys, but. I'm not sure what to think about Colorado. From a fantasy point of view, I'm saying stay back right now until you figure it out. A lot of people have left. Uh, some new defensive pieces. There's some older players mixed in there, though. New coach coming from New Zealand. Maybe we're going to see a new look for Chicago, a bit more attacking-focused. Uh, I, I don't know, but for me right now, I'm, I'm a little wary of picking Chicago from the get-go for fantasy. What about you, Mike Blaine? Yes, but I mean, as a fantasy player, it's kind of hard to hear that they're um, trying to trade a Holdberry, which is the rumor. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, they, they got pretty deep into the old Kamara discussions, um, and then that didn't work out for him because uh, he, he wanted to go to L.A. instead, and Columbus honored that request. Um, I mean, even though the, the West is weak, you know, you would have hoped with a new new coach they would have done a lot more. Um, they just kind of made it like fringe signings. And I mean, maybe they surprised us all and they come out of the gate um, blazing, but it it's kind of hard to see, uh, like, like you said, out of the gate. 
I think the comment I heard about Columbus is while, as you're going to notice, if you're not been paying attention, a lot of teams are looking down south for a lot of signings. Columbus has kind of stayed in that old world European type model for for some of their not Columbus uh, Colorado has stayed in that yeah, old world. Colorado Chicago and Columbus <laughs> you I just stayed well. Colorado because I've got them all back to back here on my little note sheet <laughs> and I'm just running together uh, I'm gonna have to start marking them out there yeah, we go um, we were it's okay about... this is like the only time we'll be talking about Colorado <laughs> <laughs> I mean Col- with Colorado trying talking about trading Hoberry right now, I mean, I can sum this up in one transaction from last season. They traded uh, Sam Cronin and somebody else to Minnesota and got Muhammad Saeed and somebody back. I can't remember who the other two were. But then they declined uh, Saeed's option at the end of the season. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, maybe he, they, he had some upside, but they gave up Cronin and got rid of the guy they had it, that they got back for him. Like if that's the way they're going to do business, um, I don't expect much from them on fantasy or anything going forward until they fix that. Yeah, I think I mean, our good friend Derek, uh, who uh, pinned uh, an article about Orlando for us at MLS Fantasy Boss, uh, can sum this up best right now, and I believe that would be Tinpot. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's the case. This is another one of the crunky organizations that are being run like a crunky organization. We'll see. Maybe too harsh. Uh, I fall back. I think uh, Colorado is a team that we need to wait and see what what comes from them. Maybe they'll be defensive powerhouse again. Now let's move on to Columbus. Blaine. Yeah. On paper, Columbus looks like they've gotten rid of everybody with any value in an effort to sink the team and keep fans away from the stadium for as long as possible. I mean, that's what this looks like on paper. I mean, when you get rid of Ola Kamara and Justin Miram, what do you expect? I mean, those were the two guys leading that attack, and they're gone. So, I mean, are you telling me Mike Grella and Giasi Zardes are good replacements for them? Uh, Probably not, although I do think Giasi Zardes, as a center forward, could see his fantasy value go up a little bit this year. I think given the chance to start as a center forward makes him viable. And I think the poor run of form he has had lately is will hopefully bottom out his price. Um, if he comes in about the 7 million range, um, expect me to grab him a few times when the matchups are right. And after seeing him play a couple of games and how they use him. But yeah, that's my big highlight there is we may get a cheap forward option that can add a couple, a goal or two or I mean, even if he adds a goal every time you pick him up, when you get the right matchup at that price, it's going to be hard to pass up. So let's hope MLS does us a a favor and drops his price out. Uh, Another player to add, though, to I mean, I don't want to be hating on Columbus a lot. There's some rough times in Columbus right now, so we're not going to pile the hate on them. But uh, yeah, Grella and Zardes, two guys coming in, question marks there, though I do like Grella myself uh, as someone with some skill and some potential. Uh, they do have Eduardo Sosa as well. He's kind of a, a playmaker from Venezuela that they're bringing in. Um, he, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know much about him, but I know he's a young playmaker that is uh, someone that they have some faith in bringing some creativity to the team, maybe hoping to add something dynamic that Merrim or Kamara may have added to them in the past. So if, uh, if you're looking for some value, Sosa could be one 
that uh, many managers may overlook at the beginning of the season. Mike? Yeah. Um, the, the only thing I was going to say is, I mean, whether the production of Jossie Zard has been one of the hotly debated uh, topics in MLS, if you've been on, on Twitter uh, recently, with, with some people thinking that Burhalter's system will really reward him uh, because Burhalter's system kind of promotes tap-ins. Matt Doyle has been a big proponent of this argument. Um, for me personally, I don't think you can just lose the production of Miram and, and at some points um, Ethan Finley. Uh, and then I'm really just kind of concerned about Higuain just kind of mailing it in. Um, there was thought that he was going to retire last year and then he signed an extension. And I don't think he really signed on for this. Um, just the negativity around the club with the move um, makes me really, really hesitant to go all in on Columbus. Um, I mean, they had they did have a great playoff run last year. Um, or at least great to other people, not to me. Cry, um, but yeah, I mean, I, like like Blaine said, I, I could see Jossie Zardes as like a cheap differential, um, depending on the matchup. But uh, I, I think this is a team that does not want to be in the playoffs. That that's the way it's being run. They are looking to shed money, save money for lobbying efforts in Austin, Texas, instead of uh, getting points for the Sporter Shield. Yeah, you you I mean that's the the elephant in the room right now is it it makes sense that these big name players Merrim and and Kamara who are had great seasons uh are looking elsewhere if, if they're not happy with the direction of, of where the team's going. I I mean, I think it's going to be hard for them to stay in Columbus. Um and and I, and I think we are looking at at something in Austin in the future um and uh I mean that's rough. Uh, I know that's something that's been on your mind a lot, Blaine. Yeah, I mean I'm as most of everybody listening knows, I'm a Kansas City fan. Have been um Kansas City was one of the three teams owned by the Hunt family, which includes the Columbus Crew and FC Dallas at the start of the league. Um I really do like rooting for the original 8 teams. I will root for them over the other teams when I get the chance. There's just something special about being there in 96. I don't want to see the crew leave. Um, and this is kind of painful to watch what's going on with the team here. And I, at times, I've been very vocal that I can't fault Precourt for wanting to move for some of the things we've seen. So to me, I want to say, take this as a challenge, Columbus fans. Get out there, pack that stadium, even if the product is absolute garbage. Get out there and show them that you're willing to support the team through everything and save your team because I don't want to see Columbus move. I don't want to see the name move. I don't want to see the club go away. You've got Cincinnati sitting on the side. That's going to be an MLS team. If Columbus goes away and Columbus may not have that opportunity until promotion and relegation get put into our system to get back to MLS. So take it for what it is. This should be a challenge. Get out there and save your team and give pre-court a reason to stay because I don't want to see you guys move. All right. Well, on that note, let's move on to a, a Texas team, uh, FC Dallas. Awkward. <laughs> Awkward. Oh man. You just throw the shade on the Columbus curse supporters, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. I mean, now that we're done with Columbus, let's move to Texas. <laughs> I mean, it's, oh. it's alphabetical is how we're going here. We just happened to, uh, to, to be that way. Um, uh, not one of my better transitions. I, uh, 
hey, anyway, Freakler's going to hire you for his team. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> he likes that transition. Reed, you're going the wrong way. You went from Columbus to Dallas when you should have gone and used the FC Dallas name because DC is next on the list. That is not. It is that way. It is. It is Dallas. I don't have the FC right there. I just went D for Dallas. That's how I did it. Uh, but uh, okay, well, DC then. Mike. Oh, for DC. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Switching it up on you. You're gonna give me. All right. You're gonna give Whoa. me some hassle. I'm gonna throw it back. <laughs> well, I, I'm more than happy to take the DC question on Patrick Mullins' birthday. I figured you would. Yeah, I, I, I won't stop and sing a happy birthday to Patrick Mullins, even though I really, really want to. Um, yeah, DC's had a, a pretty good offseason. Um, uh, they just made a big move today. Um, what a kind of surprisingly small amount of allocation money to pick up uh, Assad from at, who was at, at Atlanta last year was a really big part of, of what they've done. Um, you know, they'll have Paul Ariola. Uh, full time this year, um, he, you know, he was picked up last summer, uh, and the best, the biggest thing for them is they're just going to have players healthy. Um, you know, now for for the fantasy side, I think it's going to be very rough thing for them. Um, they only have like two home games between now and I don't remember off the top of my head whether it's yeah. June or July, uh, but those two home games are like in Maryland. I think at the Navy stadium. So uh, they're going to really, really struggle out the gate. Um, I, I think Ben Olson is probably the favorite to be fired first among all the coaches. Unless they just kind of, <laughs> you know, n- you know, and not necessarily because of his fault, just being the, the hand that they're being dealt with the stadium. But I, you know, with everybody healthy, I, I think Patrick Mullins and uh, Acosta, um, and you know Ariola and, and now Assad um, can make a very productive team that can challenge for for a playoff spot um, if they can kind of survive the, these opening months and kind of grind out some ugly draws. So, um, yeah, I mean Patrick Mullins, you know, and I, I assume you know with him being hurt last year, he'll probably be one of the cheaper forwards in the game. So if you know if he sees the field and it stays healthy, I think there's some some potential for some real good differentials here. Blaine? Yeah, before the Assad trade today, I was just kind of sitting there going, DC is going to be DC again. They've gotten substantially younger with a lot of the transactions and just who's going to see the field, which I think is a good thing long term and bodes well for late season DC as these young guys get a chance to mature and gel as a team. But you throw Assad in there and they instantly look a lot more dynamic. I mean, I think that raises the value of Mullins right away uh, maybe even Maddox too if Maddox is going to play or that pushes Maddox to the bench I don't know we're gonna have to wait and see on that one and then I think David Alstead is probably the perfect pickup for DC with losing Bill Hamid I think that gives you the veteran presence it's going to kind of hold that defense together um, I expect maybe a little bit more than we got from DC last year but nothing that really blows me out of the water that said, though, uh, Mullins is probably going to be one of your hot fantasy forwards. And for all you draft players, uh, definitely somebody I'm looking at heavily for draft to pick up early just because I think he's going to get his minutes and he's going to be one of those forwards that is going to get his going to get his goals throughout the season. And when you can't share your players, you might as well. you got to look at some of those other options. And he's definitely one of those early ones to take for the second tier of forwards. Hmm. Nice, nice pick. 
Uh, a couple of other players I'll mention that people might want to keep an eye on, uh, Segura and uh, Moreno. Uh, some guys, Moreno may uh, have to fight for some minutes. He's there on a defensive midfielder. That could be a nice pickup when you have a double game week or even on some of these road stretches. Segura is uh, going to be a guy more in that attacking midfield slot. So some good things there. I, I think I think DC's got a good shot to have some rebound. Uh, like what you were saying, Mike, about, about the youth that they've got in there. I think they've got a lot of good – offensive pieces uh they've added ousted on on defense so they have another seasoned veteran keeper back there uh not many tweaks on defense though so they were kind of shaky last year and uh that that might be a, an area that you avoid at first as as a fantasy manager okay now let's talk about dallas uh blaine you know, I have not kept up too much with Dallas this off season. I'm looking That's at their no problem transaction. because if anyone wants to know, they can head over to MLS Fantasy <laughs> Boss and get Phil's take on Dallas that's just been posted on on Monday. I yeah, mean, but I mean, I, even if you just look at the transactions, there there's not much. Most of their players in are homegrown players. Um, I mean, probably the biggest addition for FC Dallas isn't one that's going to show up here on the transaction seat, and that's Mauro Diaz. Um, you know, now he's had a full uh, year to recover uh, since his ACL strain. It kind of seems like he was rushed back. Um, he didn't really look like the Mauro Diaz we've known of old last year. So, I mean, really, and, and Phil's article bears this out, uh, which is a great one on Fantasy Boss. But, I mean, they're really depending on Mauro Diaz to be Mauro Diaz again. Yeah. So that's going to be the question for them. If Mauro Diaz kind of plays the same way we have last year, even if they've kind of cleaned up some of the locker room acrimony, which supposedly went on behind the scenes with Rudy not getting a transfer that he wanted, um, this team's just not going to be that good. Um, they really need Mauro Diaz to be that creator in the midfield because they don't have anyone else. Um, they did not re-sign Javier Morales, who, who was a disappointment anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I mean, they're, other than that, they're depending on a lot of homegrown kids, which is great, great for the future. But as far as fantasy, it can be really tough to predict. And there doesn't seem to be any kind of um, creators here that you can say, oh, this guy's going to step in uh, and replace Mauro Diaz if he goes down. So if something happens tomorrow, that's going to be bad. And we know even if Mauro Diaz is healthy, he won't play on turf. Um, and there's more turf on, in the league now with Minnesota and Atlanta. Um and then he doesn't. He tends to get rested a lot for double game weeks. So, uh, well, don't don't underestimate the Western Conference uh, physicality either. And when you've got Portland and sometimes Seattle, sometimes Kansas City, uh, Real Salt Lake. I mean, that's a battering. And if he's the only guy pulling the strings for that team, um, I would expect a couple of those teams to target him with some early disruption. Maybe a few not so nice challenges. Won't say they're going to go in dirty, but rough him up just a little bit early, throw him off his game and see how he reacts. And if that's the way Dallas is going to play, that's going to be a really long slog through the Western conference. I like how you made sporting Kansas city. It's like, sometimes they get physical. (laughs) (laughs) Last year, last year they changed it. I don't know if they're going to revert back, but last year it was a lot different. But I'm bump mean physical, whatever. No, no love from you guys. (laughs) Uh, the last tip for Dallas that I would give is uh, uh, the last couple of years they've started out strong and then just kind of sputtered in the middle. So be on the lookout for that. Don't uh, be too quick to go on it all in if they do hit the, the ground running pretty hot. So measured, measured. Uh, moving on to Houston, uh, another great article by Travis over at Fantasy Boss. Uh, 
Biggest move there is that Torres is out, but they still have just a monster offense with Houston, with Kyoto and Manotas and, and Elise, uh, all guys who, who can score moving around. Uh, that might make it difficult as a fantasy manager to know who to pick from week to week, uh, but lots of those guys are going to have good sources of points, especially with Tomas Martinez, uh, who came in middle, late, late, middle, whatever of last season. Uh, he's going to have a full preseason to to get used to his team again and i think he could be a big playmaker for them on the defensive side i love the way travis puts it just wait and see um they've got some good pieces but some older pieces too so not necessarily a source for solid defense right now you guys want to add i mean only um alex is gone and, and with torres gone i think the nice thing for fantasy players is that their attack will be a little bit more predictable uh, I think I, every time we Houston had a good matchup, we'd spend 15 minutes arguing about who was likely to play that week. Um, so at least it'll be, you know, when Houston gets a good um, defense against them, we'll be able to pick with a little bit more uh, confidence. You know, Martinez will play. Um, Ellis will play. I mean, that, that's honestly probably their biggest um, deal of the offseason was uh, getting Ellis. Um, I think, I don't remember if it was finalizing the loan or purchasing or whatever it was, they got Ellis back. So. Um, definitely um, positives in Houston, but yeah, like Travis said, their defense is going to need some help. Their defense needed help last year, though, and they still had a pretty exciting and fun team. I don't, I don't think many of us looked at their defense last year anyway. So you're kind of back in the same boat. Um, I don't know if Arturo Alvarez is being brought in to play or if he's brought in as a sub role, but. Um, if he's starting, I really do like what he brings to this team all the way around. I like I like his service and his runs. I liked what he did in Chicago when he did get to play. So adding him as a weapon to this midfield could be huge. Keep an eye on that one. Don't I don't think he's a week one grab, but he potentially has the ability to elevate everybody's game around him. And he's kind of one of my standout players to watch and see what they do with him because I've just I've always been high on him, and this is a good situation for him to go into and really bring a lot of benefit to a lot of other players. Yeah, good point. LAFC, the new kids on the block. Uh, everybody is new here. Uh, Mike, you wrote the article. What do you think? You know, I'm kind of surprised by um, the Galaxy. You know, going into the offseason, I was expecting them to try to do more of the Atlanta model, um, you know, bring in a bunch of young South American talent. And that's not really what we've seen. Uh, I mean, they've signed Vela, uh, which is a big signing, um, you know, Mexican national team player. But otherwise, they've done more the route of making trades for experienced MLS veterans. Um, they brought in Simon, they brought in uh, Walker Zimmerman. Um, their back line for an expansion team is surprisingly good. I mean, this is a team that when I was looking at it, seems to me be more um, defensively based. Um, then they brought it, I mean, they were in the room, um, content talks for Sasha Kalashin before that fell through, but then they went out and got um, Benny Fellhopper. Um, you know, Benny's uh, on the probably the wrong side of, of the curve, but he's still pretty good. He was good last year. Uh, I think he'll be a dynamic uh, creative force. Uh, I'm sure Blaine could talk more about that, although I don't think he, he's excited about seeing him in the black and gold. Um, but, I mean, I, I, th this also does seem to be a team they don't have a defensive midfielder. 
Um, their depth is pretty scarce. If you read my article, it's pretty much like, well, these guys have to start because they're the only guys who are like worth two cents. Um, and then, then there's also this aspect of the club is pretty obviously waiting to sign Chicharito in the summer. So they're still waiting for a splash. And so the team, they're not as incomplete as Minnesota, but they're not nearly as complete as, as Atlanta. So I, I think I had them kind of hovering around the red line before um, finishing below it in like seventh or eighth. Okay, I will correct you because I'm taking a look at your article right now. They do have a defensive midfielder on the roster that looking at the current current set of players that I see starts game one and that's uh, Callum Malice. Um, he showed well for uh, Montreal when he got to play. Nothing spectacular, but I think he'll be able to hold that role and do a do an okay job keeping this team together. I mean, there are much better options that I would rather see them get for this for this position. But I think Callum Malice can hold on for a while and see how it goes. Um, can't deny that Benny Philhaber is kind of losing a step a little bit, and Vermes was using him in a more reserved role at times. So if they've got a couple other playmaking midfielders out there, he may be able to drop just a little bit deeper and help cover the defense more. That is something Vermes used him successfully at those last two seasons in Kansas City. So a couple of options there to keep an eye on. If Fellhaber is going to play that reserved role, that means his uh, offensive production is probably going to drop. So don't expect the MV, uh, MVP candidate season coming out of him again. Um, overall, I, I, I say I like this team. It's a lot of fun. I see, I see some good pieces here. The defense is astounding for um, an expansion team. Uh, offense, going to have to wait and see on that a little bit more. But honestly, I think this is going to be a fun team to watch this year, and I think they're doing really well. Definitely, yeah. I like how they've sort of taken that Atlanta model of building a core of MLS veterans for their defense and, and then going out from there. So we'll see if they can get that big marquee signing as well for uh, in Chicharito. Staying in L.A., uh, let's talk about – LA Galaxy. So, Blaine, you can take this one since Mike started the last one. Um, yeah, they look like they've added the few missing pieces that they didn't have last year to put a competitive side on the field. Would you call it a major uh, overhaul? I don't know. I mean, they've they got rid of quite a few players, but their core that they expected to carry the team last year is still pretty much there. So... Uh, Maybe change a uh, complete switch of the supporting cast. Is that a better is, way to put it? Is this going to be the most improved team of the year? I mean, based I on the offseason signings. On the field, based on the offseason signings, no. On the field, yes, this will be the most improved team because I don't think you can take the guys they've got, Giovanni Dos Santos, Romain Alessandrini, uh, Legette was on the team last year. I mean, I don't think you can take some of these names they've got and say, or, or those those names they've got are the guys that are going to contribute this year and really help bring this team back up. You can't say that their roster or their transactions are what is going to rebuild this team. Those guys are there. That's their team. They just needed some more help. Sure. And Might some of it was injuries last year. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I kind of disagree. I mean, um, I, I think, you know, if you if you watch Clement Diop play last year, you realize how getting anybody incompetent is such a huge upgrade for that team. And they got um, if you, they, yeah, they, they got Bingham now. Um, you know, it's it's nice now that they're the B club to, you know, Seattle, San Jose's, um, you know, castaways. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, I'm, no, I'm just, I'm just messing with our, our, good, our good friend Brian, who's an LA Galaxy fan, who just like has railed against that move all, all offseason. But I mean, I think these are good moves. You know, you've improved, you know, your goalkeeper, which is your worst spot. Um, you managed to get um, a good defensive depth in Hillard Arse. I don't, I don't, he's a guy from Stanford. Um, he was supposed to go number one overall, and then he dropped his number two. I think that's a great pickup from them. Uh, everything about this kid is like leader and in the center backing area. I, I think he'll, he'll get some playing time. Um, getting legit back is huge. Getting rid of Jossie Zardes is huge. Um, I mean, I remember when you know, New York City went to StubHub and played. Alessandrini was booming in balls, beautiful crosses to Jossie's artist and went absolutely nowhere. He was a, a black hole of suck. Um, there was nothing that was getting into the goal through Jossie's artist. So getting rid of him is a tremendous uh, improvement. And, and that's and that's and that's with what they've done so far. And we haven't talked about Perry Kitchen or Chris Pontius, um, who I think give them much stronger midfield depth than Jermaine Jones did. Um, and then they may even bring in Zatan. So, I mean, I don't know if that's the best move, but you know that he's exciting offensive potential. And the most, and the reason why I said LA is going to be the most improved team is, I mean, the other contenders we've talked about are DC and one we haven't talked about yet, which is Orlando. But they're in the East, which there's a lot of teams improvement. When you talk about the Western Conference, there haven't been as many big moves. So I think there's a lot of potential for the Galaxy to move up from the very bottom, not only into the playoff spot, but also, you know, hosting a game, maybe even getting a bye. Um, you know, with the rest of the Western Conference standing pat, uh, I think bringing in the talent they have plus getting legit back is going to make them a, a very dynamic force uh, next year. And you just touched on their MLS 1.0 transfer rumor right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not excited about that. Yeah, great <laughs> breakdown. Um, I'm excited as a fan of a team not the LA Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah, I mean, they've got a lot of things going for them. I think they definitely have better viable fantasy options this year. Uh, now, moving to Minnesota, which um, not sure what to make of Minnesota. They struggled, no. I think, with any – Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Busting out the yawn. First of the year. There we go. There's there's a yawn. Yeah, uh, I mean, they've got – Their big move in. is Harrison Heath. Their yeah, big move is Harrison Heath. Like, look at the transaction. This team was so bad. And you – last year – I'm just going to go on a rant. Sorry if it was Blaine's turn or not. But they had – you know, they gave the excuse that we, we were started late. You know, we didn't have enough time to do anything. Uh, and, I mean, they got in some conversations with Sasha Collection, But at the end of the day, their big move is for the coach's son, who's not good in Atlanta. He was not good in Orlando. I have no idea what this team is doing other than trying to be like Colorado. I don't – like, it It blows my mind, like, that this, that team, which was, you know, clearly at the bottom of the Western Conference, did so little in this offseason. Yep. I don't think they even have a DP yet, so – uh, I, I think you've said it, Blaine. I, I have nothing else to add. Yeah, that's good enough. All right. Well, <laughs> then you want to rant about Montreal because I think you could. Yeah, I. 
for as bad as Minnesota has been, uh, Montreal might actually be worse. I mean, they're not doing anything. They're a team that's known for bringing in big stars. And I just, uh, I can't, I do not know how to pronounce his last name. Uh, Tadir, Tadir. I'm, I mean, when that's your, I mean, we are not the show to talk about pronunciation uh, questions. Yeah. We call him Safir. Safir. Okay. I can go with that. (laughs) But he's like a defensive mid, isn't he? Something like that. Defensive mid, maybe a box to box guy is kind of the. Yeah. Like when that's your kind of headliner signing, when you're losing Jamile, I mean, come on. And Simon. And, oh, let's see. Who was it we talked about a minute ago? Uh, Clement Diop was not good enough for the Galaxy, and he got picked (laughs) up in the waiver draft. I mean, are you kidding me? (laughs) I I, I mean, what is going on? And now Piotti is saying he wants to stay. He's had opportunities to leave. He's wanting to stay here. I mean, what is going on in Montreal right now? If I was Piatti, I would be getting out of town as fast as I could. Go somewhere where I have a chance of winning something, given the roster around you. So, I don't know. I mean, what's going on in Montreal? I, I've i been high on them for the last few years, but right now, I just don't see it. I mean, maybe getting Raheem Edwards from Toronto through LAFC is going to help that offense a little bit. Mancosi's promising a better season this year. They've still got a Duro out there who is fast and sometimes on his game and a key contributor. Sometimes he's just kind of there. I mean, there's a, there are a lot of good pieces in Montreal. I just don't see how they mesh and they've lost a lot on defense. I just, I don't see it. Yeah. Let, let me, let me back Blaine up with something. Um, I, whenever Zamali was announced out uh, of Montreal, uh, I ran the numbers. When Piotti had Zamali in last year, he averaged 9.92 fantasy points over 14 games. When Zamali was out, Piotti was down to 5.1 over 12. Um, uh, let me look. I mean, I have a few numbers here. Like some, uh, Piotti only hit double digit points twice in the 12 games without Zamali. Um, he hit seven over four and 12. I mean, it's, I mean, there's a lot of two, threes and fours out to Molly. Like Piotti was noticeably worse. I mean, if you're going to get the kind of price that Piotti is probably going to be without Zamali, he's not going to be worth it. He's almost certainly going to be priced out of this game unless Montreal makes some other type of move to make, uh, Piotti not the only offensive threat. Cause when he's the only offensive threat, he can be shut down. He's, you know, he's getting up there in age. Um, He's not so dynamic that he can take on an MLS defense in today's day and age by himself. So he needs help. And if Montreal is not going to get it, this team's going to contend for the wooden spoon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to New England now, and uh, unfortunately, I don't think I can have a rant as as good as what you guys have. But I will say, I think the the biggest signing for New England so far has been Brad Friedel. Um, the otherwise, they've been just caught up in the drama that is Lee Wynn, and um, I, I don't know what to what to take. Uh, Kai kamara has gone. They they've had a little bit of of movement around in New England. Um, but uh, nothing that I'm really looking at right now as exciting or to make me think that this is a team I want to have as a big source of, of fantasy points. Uh, last year, that was Lee Wynn. 
Lee Wynn was that source, and they had some pretty decent defensive options at times as well. But so far, uh, I don't see much coming out of New England, and it's not a team that I'm excited about as a fantasy point of view either. I think the biggest signing New England has had, if you want to go players, is re-signing Teal Bunbury, who was out of contract. (laughs) I I, I mean, that's... uh, I look at the names of the guys that were leaving. You've got Angoa, who was declined. Uh, Kuasi, uh, Donnie Smith, uh, Josh Smith. I mean, uh, Javon Watson, we know that name. Uh, London yep. Woodbury was kind of a young up-and-comer. He was a cheap option when he was starting and a good source of fantasy points. Daigo Kobayashi, <laughs> I mean, another one of those guys. If you saw him in the starting lineup and you got to pick, he was worth grabbing every, every once in a while. Uh, Gershon Kofi, I mean, defensive midfielders are hit or miss, but on some of those double game weeks. And then Kai Kamara. I mean, we're talking about a cast of guys. How many? How deep is that? That's almost a full roster there of guys, guys that had gone. been fantasy <clears throat> options that are on their way out of this team. And I see a homegrown and three other players on the players in list. And I... I don't know any of these names. I mean, granted, I don't keep up with all the guys coming in from overseas. It's really hard to know all these names that MLS is going to grab. Mm-hmm. But there's two of them were free, and the other one's on loan from Pachuca. So, I mean, I expect a little bit from him as a forward. But yeah, that, P- Panilla for, for those of you um, wondering. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, that's that's their big offseason signing is Panilla on loan from Pachuca. You know, I'm, I'm sure it's a loan with an option to buy. Um, but I mean, you know, if Lee Wynn isn't coming back and, you know, Lee Wynn gave you notice in November that he wanted to be gone, um, I, I think Lee Wynn is going to hold out. Um, so I don't know who the chance creator is there. Um, you know, some people think Roe or Agudelo's uh, value might go up. Um, but I, to, to me, it's hard to replace Lee Wynn and what all that he did for new England. And I'm kind of stunned that they didn't act sooner, you know, to get the value. And I mean, cause right now, and I mean, we, we also didn't talk about Brad Friedel as an acquisition. I mean, this was an acquisition for a coach that was openly mocked by agents. Um, this is a guy who has no coaching experience, like none um, other than like whatever he needed to do to get his license. So, um, so Yeah. I would think they're going to struggle a lot. I mean, because, I mean, that's the thing with New England. They've always had trouble with mismatched pieces and trying to get them all on the field and in a coherent way. They've had really good talent, you know, on the roster, except for the back line. But the attack can never get it flowing because the pieces don't match. So they've not been that. I mean, Delamea, Farrell, Tierney there in the back. Those are some solid pieces. They've added Gabrielle Somi, who... Uh, got three goals and three assists during his last season uh, when he came in um, from Ostersund. But uh, I think that's what's frustrating. I mean, they've got those guys on defense. They've got Fadundes, Caldwell, Rowe. They've got Bunbury. They've got Agadello. They've got Nemeth. These are guys with talent, and they just haven't found the right way to get them to work together. Maybe they can't. Maybe Frida will surprise us and do that. If there's a hope from New England, it's going to be finding out how all those pieces work together. But – from the fantasy point of view, that's something I'm willing to entertain six weeks into the season, not mm. out the gate. Yep. Okay, Mike, uh, I'm sorry I interrupted you. I'll let you speak your piece now because we are on New York City FC. 
Well, it's not often that you lose a DP player and you feel super good about it, but that's what uh, <laughs> <laughs> City, I mean, getting rid of Pirlo and then adding uh, Jesus Medina, uh, as long as Jesus Medina is like borderline competent and not like a Demidoff or Nemich, uh, it's going to be great for <laughs> New York City. I mean, I was surprised by how active we were. Uh, I mean, the starting 11 will, will stay mostly the same, um, but the name of the game is good, strong international depth. Um, you know, th- this is a team that's going to go too deep in, in a lot of places. This is a team that really seems like it wants to rotate more and it's going to want to contend for supporter shield for us open cup, uh, and things like that. Um, I mean, probably one of the biggest signings, um, from fantasy perspective, um, outside of Jesus Medina, who, um, will slot into to the midfield, um, either on the left or the right, depending on who you talk to is, um, Burgett from um who's a forward so he would probably yeah from Malmo you know we haven't mentioned it yet but like pretty much MLS pretty much signed the entirety of Malmo uh to play in MLS like I don't think there's anyone <laughs> left at Malmo this year yeah um, two Bur- are on, yeah yeah so I mean Burgett I don't know how Patrick Vieira is going to use him if he's going to be kind of make him as a winger sometimes or if he's just going to use him as a substitute for Davia. But anyway, you have a much stronger substitute for Davia than he did last year with Ulo Okoli. Um, you have two uh, right backs now. Um, they lost RJ Allen, uh, brought in um, uh, Tinner Holm, and then Abdul Salam. Uh, from Kansas City. So I'm expecting that to be a, a good, strong battle. Tinner Home will probably win out for the right back, but uh, should be a real good com- competitive thing and an area where Patrick Vieira feels comfortable rotating. Um, now, the big loss, uh, of course, was a much-discussed transfer of Jack Harrison, but unlike some of the other transfers like Laren and Lee Wynn, this was on pretty amicable terms. So, uh, And I think this is one that New York City had prepared for uh, not only with Jesus Medina, but you also have Jonathan Lewis, who would expect to get a lot more playing time uh, this year. So Patrick Vieira has a lot of options, so it can make that difficult, you know, outside of the big three like Medina, Villa, and uh, Morales, who are pretty much going to be locked on. But yeah, th- there's a lot here. Uh, they kept uh, Anna Herrera defensive midfield, so I think probably the best defensive midfield in MLS. Uh, there, there's a lot to be uh, positive. I mean, most, you know, even me with the sky blue glasses on, everyone else says this is definitely a top three team uh, in MLS, and I, I don't see any reason why that's not the case. I think it's important to also mention that uh, of these signings at forward with, with uh, Burgett and Tajori, both of those guys have over 1,200 minutes in their last season. So there's their skill there. On defense, Tinnerholm and then uh, Houndonji. Yeah, I'm not uh, even sorry. Trying. I'm sorry. Both He's of those Cedric. guys have <laughs> Cedric. That's right. Cedric, Anton and Cedric. Uh, both of those guys have over 2300 minutes in uh, in their last in the last season. So these are seasoned players. Uh, they know what they're doing. And yeah, they're going to instantly add add quality depth or to frontline starting experience uh, right out the gate. So, yeah, lots of strong. There. And I mean, guess what you get? That's exactly what you get, Mike, when you point out that Malmo is now playing in the MLS. <laughs> yeah. um, one thing I'd like to add to this, like I really do think New York has made this team one of the best top to bottom in the league on paper. Uh, I can't fault any of these signings. That said, the thing to worry about on the fantasy side is you have got a lot of solid depth at backup, which means there's a potential for a lot more rotation double game weeks, you may see a lot fewer guys for New York City 
go both games because they have the depth to rotate. You may see guys take a slight knock and sit out an entire game because they've got a backup ready to go who can give them a rest and you don't have to risk further injury or anything. So there, while I really think this is great for New York City, for fantasy options, this could actually be a pretty big negative on some of the players. Okay, well, let's stay in New York. Uh, uh, Kaka is out. Kaku is in, and he's uh, at the Red Bulls. Blaine, what do you think about this? Um, didn't they switch to the four-two-two-two last year or something? Um, they tried, but they, they tried. Succeeded. <laughs> I, I, I think they abandoned it pretty quickly. If you asked him, yeah, yeah. The Red Bulls are a team in flux. Still, they're still trying to figure out their identity and what they're going to do. <laughs> Um, for as many good names as they brought in, they've let a lot of experience and quality players go. I mean, we've already talked about Mike Grella being gone. Uh, Sal Zizo was declined and he's picked up somewhere else. Sasha Klestrin got traded away. I mean, you've got some key players in there that are no longer there and a team that really struggled for an identity sold their captain last year, uh, got rid of another captain this year. Um, what's I, until they put their put an identity together on paper, they've got all the pieces, but Red Bulls, in my opinion, for the last several years, have just lacked that spark to really be a solid team in MLS. I know they're always putting up good numbers, but they just don't seem to finish it, and I've never really seen the big fantasy standouts besides Kleshtian and occasionally Bradley Wright Phillips. So... I've never been a big Red Bulls fan. I've never been high on them. So take what I say with a grain of salt, but I just, until they put it together and prove me wrong, uh, I'm staying away. I think the best source for this is again, MLS fantasy boss, uh, our good buddy, Tim from soccer captains has provided us with his encyclopedic knowledge of the New York Red Bulls. And, uh, it's an, it's an excellent and in-depth breakdown of the entire team. So if you want to find out who's worth picking from Red Bulls and there will be some, they, they've got some guys uh, carried over from last year that are solid, some good defensive players uh, and some some good offensive side. So um, more of a, a team when the time is right, I think, to pick up going out of the gate. But Tim breaks it all down very well. OK, but if you want like objective Red Bull analysis, you know, you need to come to me first. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, hey, this this currently... is the one thing I'm going to say on the on the Red Bulls. I, I think you all have covered it. I, I think the fact that they needed to get more dynamic offensively and then getting rid of, of Sasha and then only bringing in Kaku. I, I don't think that's enough. But the main thing here is that the Sasha collection trade was the biggest advertisement for me for why it's important to watch uh, fantasy and to follow fantasy. Because in the aftermath of that trade, the Red Bulls were sp um, spoon-feeding to their supporters that they had picked up two great young prospects in Carlos Rivas and Tommy Redding. And if you're just like a normal MLS player or fan who just you know goes to the Red Bulls games, you know if you're one of those three people, um, or you, you're not big into fantasy, you don't know that Carlos Rivas and Tommy Redding are total trash and have absolutely no prospects at the MLS level, and that you know how bad, terrible that trade was for the New York Red Bulls. So I think if you want to know why you follow fantasy, it's to know when teams try to push nonsense like that. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Okay, let's uh, let's do Derek Proud now, Mike. And uh, what about Orlando? I th I know this was one of the teams we said is is in competition from best offseason for the most potential improvement. Uh, why? Um, yeah, you see, this this hurts me. Um, but yeah, um, 
so I mean, you had Yoshi Yatoon from last year, who who I think what in what we saw was very positive. Um, then they bring in Sasha Kleshin, uh, who's been a tremendous playmaker for the Red Bulls for the past few years. Um, you know, even as much as I dump on the Red Bulls, everyone knows that I, I love Sasha Kleshin and thought he was really good. Think he should have been getting uh, time with the U.S. Men's National Team. Um, he he he's a tremendous chance creator that they really didn't have outside of the few times that Kaká played. Um, then, you know, after the Laren thing ends up and MLS kind of graces them with, hey, we're, you're getting the whole transfer fee, suddenly they have enough money and they pick up Justin Miram. So you've got Dom Dwyer, Justin Miram, Sasha Kleshin, Yoshi Yotun. Uh, even though that's a little, they're a little older in the league, I think as for right now, this year, that is going to be a very potent offensive force. Um, and so if they can return to some of the defensive form that they had last year, um, this is certainly a playoff team. Um, they're probably right outside the top three uh, in a, in the East right now, but they're going to cause a lot of trouble for teams. I, I expect Dom Dwyer's value to go up, um, you know, because even though Dom was with good teams in Sporting Kansas City, I don't know that he's had quite this much talent. I think having him play with Justin Miram is going to be fantastic for him. Um, yeah, and I mean, the guys, I mean, there are also some underrated moves. Um, Jose Villarreal from the LA Galaxy, um, that's a forward who's been talked about as potential, never seemed to get the opportunity in L.A., um, but I think that situation is kind of messed up enough where I'm not going to hold that against them, so that's pretty good depth. Uh, and then they got R.J. Allen, who's a player I really loved at, at his time for New York City. Um, he can also add a, a good offensive component. So, yeah, I think they've made a, a lot of really good moves here, um, and I, I expect them to be a playoff team. Blaine? is your number four team in the Eastern Conference at preseason. I mean, just with these moves, you can't doubt what's going on there. Uh, they're putting it together to make a good playoff run. Um, I really do think they could knock off a team and finish top three in the East this year. I don't know who would be the one to slip up, but I think they do have the potential to finish top three in the East this year. Um uh, Mike, you said it. Uh, Dwyer hasn't really played with some talent like this. I think Justin Miram compliments Dom Dwyer really, really well. Uh, this is going to be a fun tandem to watch. Uh, Sasha Kleschen is uh, very similar to Benny Fellhaber at times, and I think that's going to mesh well with Dwyer right away. There's not going to be a big learning curve. Uh, you're spot on with Villarreal. I don't think he got a fair deal in L.A. They went with bigger <clears throat> names rather than play the youth. Um, he's just minutes away from being a breakout player again. I think he's got what it takes, but you missed the big signing that I'm, I was following and that's Yuri Rizel coming back to the league and mm. Orlando traded up to get him on allocation. Um, if you look at the lineup and you look at the way they're going to play, they're going to need that holding midfielder who can act more like a pivot, who can somewhat go box to box, but not afraid to make those strong challenges and cover the defense. Um, Roselle's your guy. I and, and we should also mention Jose Coleman, um, who's a, I think he's 19 years old. Uh, I think he's a young DP. Uh, Orlando fans are very excited about this pickup as well. So, I mean, that's another offensive player to kind of throw into the mix. Uh, it really gives Jason Kreis uh, a lot of options. Uh, for what he plays, whether he moves away from the four four two diamond that you know he made famous at RSL uh, into more of a, I think I saw it was like a was it four five one or something like that, maybe um, a four three three. Four three three. I was actually talking to one of the Orlando soccer Twitter accounts, 
And they said your front three is going to be Miram, Dwyer, and Coleman. And they have Question and Yuri in the mix. And I can't remember. Oh, Yotun was the other one yeah. in your in your front six for the four three three. And they said with the money they paid for Coleman, there is no way they're not going to start him at the beginning of the season. I mean, this is a dynamic attack. They're going to be able to press forward. And like I said, I'm really high on Rizal. He did great things in Kansas City. He had a successful career in Europe, and now he's back. Um, he is your defensive cover, and he is not afraid to be a destroyer if he has to, but he plays a little smarter than that most of the time. Um, he can still go out and wreck somebody, though, so be wary of that. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, for the way this team's built, I didn't think the defense was too bad last year. They needed some help. R.J. Allen could be that help getting Rizal to cover the cover the center central defenders. I mean, this is a really strong team, and I think your starters are pretty well known at this point, so you know your fantasy options going in. Yeah, you guys covered that really well. Uh, let's move on to Philadelphia. Blaine. Um, David Akam? <laughs> yeah, uh, David Akam plus a lot of guys from Bethlehem Steel. <laughs> yeah, I, Philadelphia was kind of floating around that second tier team in the Eastern Conference. You got your big three, and they were in the conversation for the next three for most of the season. Uh gotten rid of some age, going to go with the youth. David Akam is probably an upgrade at this point. As much as we love some of the guys that were there, like Chris Pontius and Roland Alberg, who had an attitude, I, I just think David Akam brings that extra layer. They're touting him as the missing piece to bring this team together going forward. Um, I expect them to push for a playoff spot. I really expect them to secure a playoff spot, but they're going to keep it competitive all season and look for them to give the top teams in the East a good run when they play them. Don't know that they'll come out on top, but got to like what I'm seeing here. Yeah, and fantasy managers should not forget, uh, Sapong, I believe, was like the third highest scoring forward last year. So um, don't count Philly off from the beginning. Uh, yeah, I think fit. a lot of uh, what you think of Philly depends on what you think of a calm. You know, I mean, I don't rate a calm all that highly for for me. He just like fades out after the first twenty minutes, um, and then he isn't as useful. But I mean, certainly for those first twenty minutes, uh, I think Sapong will enjoy having the attention uh, on someone else. Um, for me, it's not enough for them to make the playoffs, but it is an interesting move. I just think they needed to do a lot more. We had a lot of coaching switch-ups uh, this season. and The next team, Portland, had another one. Uh, Giovanni Cervezas is um, is uh, here now. A, a new look for Portland. Uh, I think one of the biggest signings they've had is um, Parades. Parades. He's uh, coming into the midfield now, more of a box-to-box guy. I'm, I'm just sorry, everyone, for butchering all these names. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I hope it's why you tune in for some something i don't you know, know reed if nothing else you make a really good drinking game <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i probably do i'm i'm sorry i'll start finding one of those uh, programs to start reading it back to me but i think uh no let's just let's just go the uh, some new changes to portland what do you guys think i honestly i don't know 
much about any of these players. So they're all kind of hit and misses. I mean, if they, if they come in and do well, they could be good. Um, you know, I mean, there's just a whole bunch of international settings that no one seems to know a whole lot about. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the big thing is the big thing, ones that we know of are Nagby and Maddox who are gone. Yeah. Um, you know, so kind of hit and miss, you know, there... to me, it's not enough, but blend your thoughts. Well, yeah, let's ask this fun. question. Do you guys expect Valeri to have another MVP year right out the gate? I think he's going to need help if he's going to have an, if he's going to repeat the MVP. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he, he pretty much, you know, played out of his mind for like a month when uh, Adi was out. I, I don't know that he can do it. I especially don't know if he can do that without Darlington Nagby. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I know they've added some defensive defenders, you know, this the transfers from Saprisa. Um, and then I think uh, Jadama, um, so I know they're feeling like they've done what they need to do on the defensive side, but we're going to have to wait and see. I, I could see Valeri kind of losing some production in, in having to, to protect that back line. Yeah. Um, we've seen some other signings throughout the league and they're generating a lot more Twitter buzz than these internationals here in Portland. I just, I don't know these guys and Portland's known for having a pretty good rabid fan base. And the information usually gets out there if they've got a big name I and mean, they're going to be talking them up. I don't think even Portland really know the fans don't really know who they've got coming in. And with the new coach, with these new faces, I think this whole team is kind of a wait and see. I think Valeri's still going to be a safe pickup early on. Um, if Adi comes back and can get in form and get stay healthy, I mean, he's a potential. But we this whole team is kind of up in the air. And I think – if you're going to make a safe bet, you've got to rate them lower than they were last year, just given all the turnover, including a new coaching staff. Just, I don't see Portland doing the same thing they did last year until we see these players do what they are hoping they can do. Yeah. I mean, the, the Portland fans argument seems to be like, we were the best in the West last year and we got better because we made all these signings, which is a kind of a troubling argument to me because I mean they weren't all that great last year, and plus the West wasn't all that great last year. Sure. So, you know, I, yeah, I mean we'll we'll have to see how it all fits fits together. Uh, I mean, a new coach. I mean, it is a, a widely respected coach. Um, you know, the coach of the New York Cosmos, uh, Gio Savarese, I think is is how you say his name. Um, you know, he's not like Friedel, who everyone thinks is an idiot. Um, so. I, I could see them still doing well and Valeri still doing well, but I don't I don't have enough information to recommend anyone else for fantasy yet. Moving on to RSL, uh, they've made a lot of additions this year, mostly young guys. Uh, this is um, Petke's time to put his stamp on the team, bringing in more players. His printer's working now, I hear, so everything's, everything's going well. Um, Lots of new faces. The one good thing that you can count on for RSL, well, the good thing they did last year was they played their kids. So a lot of these young players really helped to catapult them to the success that they enjoyed in late season. And and the hope is that they'll continue to do that. So I think RSL has a great foundation to build upon from a fantasy side. Uh, Rusnak has to be the one that you look at as, as really a leader on this team to be able to, to help you with those points. Um, he's the one I'm going to look at out the gate. Um, but you may be able to find some value on their uh, defense, especially in someone like uh, Silva. 
We don't have Jay to be here. Any, does anyone want to be a homer for RSL? No. I, <laughs> you th- are you th- are you seriously I mean, throwing a yawn at this young RSL team? I'm just so I'm just, you asked me to do something like Jason, so I just yawned. Yeah. No, I mean th- their transfers are yawn. They haven't made many moves, but I mean they have a lot of young talent. That's where they're going to make their bread and butter. Um, I really like the fact that they're committing to that identity. Like we're a small market in Salt Lake. We're not going to get, you know tons of big names like New York City or Toronto or Atlanta. So let's do what we do best, which is, you know, get a cabbie, get kids playing time, then supplement them with young stars like Rusnak. Um, I think they're going to be a playoff team. Um, I think they probably should have been a playoff team last year, you know, outside, you know, once Pecky got in and got them straight. Uh, I think I think there's going to be good teams, good things from this team. Um, but like you said, outside of Rusnak, they are who they were last year. So I mean, that's my I'll throw my Kansas City lens on this, and I really do think this team's better this year than they were last year. I mean, you get the experience on the guys, and you you complete the transfer for Brooks Lennon, which is huge. But but then uh, Pablo Ruiz is supposed to come in and do big things right away. Uh, I think he's young, got a chip on his shoulder, got something to prove. I just, I really do like this team. Uh, Luis Silva was one of my fantasy highlights towards the end of last season. He is a little bit older, but. I liked I I really liked the way he played. He was dynamic. Uh, Savarino is still there, I think. Yeah, I haven't seen him leave. I mean, there there was a lot of good attacking talent here that was starting to work well together, and they're adding a few minor pieces to go around that, like Ruiz. But I just I just think this team is going to be better this year. The few transfers they have made have been really solid. Um, it's coming from a Kansas City fan who absolutely hates RSL. <laughs> there there are a lot of options I am looking at here for my draft leagues because I think there's a lot of solid players ready for a breakout year and we're having to look a little bit farther down the depth chart and draft. That said, anytime you're starting to look at one team for a lot of players down the draft, that means the whole group might rise up together and that makes them MLS fantasy options as a unit. Sorry, Blaine, uh, you hit the nail on the head as far as uh, viable fantasy strategies. You have to be willing to let go of of those uh, rivalries of your actual team to embrace the spirit that is fantasy and do what you can to get those points. And I think I took Luis Silva one time against Kansas City because I knew if I didn't take him, he'd score a goal. So I tried to play the... The gamble that way, and I don't think it worked out. And there's always a superstition. Uh, moving on to San Jose. This is another team that's made a lot of transfers. A lot of them are uh, players that people may not know. Uh, Reno 1868 uh, from uh, lower leagues are are giving them a lot of players as well as some homegrowns and some college guys. Uh, what do you make of this? They still got Wando and Quincy Ameriqua, though. Yeah, and I mean, uh, Quincy Ameriqua will probably be a little healthier this year. Uh, I know he came off that injury last year. Um, most of the signings, from what I can gather, are kind of depth signings, which, I mean, is still pretty good. This was a team that didn't have a lot of depth, so getting good USL guys could be good. Um, I, I think San Jose fans are more optimistic that these players will be good down the road, but there's a lot of that down the road. Um, I, I mean, probably the best move they made was not retaining, was that Leach? Uh, whoever replaced Dom Kinnear and was pretty much turning their defense into right. um, an open door for, you know, that that famous GIF with, with the Bugs Bunny at the conga line where they were just going all around 
That was pretty much San Jose's defense on the road last year. Well, most so, of their signings have been at defense. Yeah, and so I mean they they've needed some improvement. Um, so I, I think you're gonna. I mean I don't know if they they stay a playoff team. They probably made some good moves, but they all seem like they're good long term moves. I don't know how much we'll see this season. Yeah, this is a team that's on the verge of being in a full rebuild mode. Is if you as I look at it. They let a lot of experience go. They traded away some experienced and quality players. And I think the worst thing that happened to this to them this offseason is Marco Arena went in the expansion draft. I mean, that really hurt, set him back. I mean, I look at some names that I've seen <clears throat> on and off the field. Uh, Victor Bernardes is out. Kip Colby and Cordell Cato both got, got some significant minutes, and they're gone. And then you lose Bingham and Darwin Seren. I mean, that, you're just losing a lot of – oh, and Kofi Sarkodie. I didn't even see that name on there too. I mean, you're losing a lot of MLS experience there, and you're bringing in new players. Like, this smells of full rebuild mode coming. <clears throat> and I think they're not wanting to embrace that until Wando retires because you never want to go full rebuild with your your team hero. Your, I mean, you're your, your, one of your biggest legends in your team. It's still there, but this smells like full rebuild. One team definitely not concerned about a rebuild has to be the Seattle Sounders. I th- I think like when I see the just a few two few two three the few transfers they've done with this season, it, it feels like Brian Schmetzler got to the end of the season, closed the last page of his playbook, and then shrugged and went, "What the heck? Let's just do it again." And nothing, nothing. But do they need yeah. anything, Mike? Yeah, I mean, losing Jovan Jones was big. I mean, we know from fantasy how great a player he was, how much of a player on his attack. Um, I mean, last season, Jordan Moore struggled. You know, there are a lot of questions about whether he's overrated. Uh, you know, Clint Dempsey's getting up there in years, and they, they re-signed him. Um, I, th- I just think there's a lot of questions as to how, whether this team is going to keep doing it. I mean, Seattle kind of got to the... Western to the MLS Cup finals by default. They weren't all that impressive there. I mean, you know, with, with one of the bigger clubs, you're kind of expecting, hey, make a big move, get someone to pair nicely with Ladero. Um, but instead, they just, like, like you said, they, they just brought the same gang back. But without uh, Jovan Jones, uh, you know, a leader like Brad Evans, who's like hanging out in Sporting Kansas City, um, which I don't think Seattle fans are too uh, excited about. I, I'm just I'm I'm worried that they're going to take a step back this year. It's it's likely. Uh, I mean, from the fantasy point of view, you still have Ladero. He's been a, a great source of points. Uh, you still have have Torres in the back, and he's been great as well. You've got Will Bruin, who was one of my favorite differential picks last season. He just had a great knack of coming in when needed and scoring some points. So I think uh, for the right matchup, and especially looking at injury statuses or production in form of Morris. Bruin could be a very good option for people. Uh, keep an eye on that. Otherwise, don't really know what's going to happen uh, with this team. Maybe want to just be wary of or see how their preseason really works out before you move forward. Uh, Blaine, let's just go straight to you and let you get all the time you need to talk about sport in Kansas City. Uh, this has been an interesting off season. I know uh, Kansas City fans were just about to burn the city down. Uh, Eric Palmer Brown goes for free, which we knew was coming, but still. And then 
losing Latif Blessing in the expansion draft and everybody complaining, why didn't you protect him, to trading Benny Fellhaber. I, this place was about to come down, but they've all been solid moves once you've seen what's coming on the other end. So the emergency transfer was uh, Kyrie Shelton coming in for Saad Abdul Salam with New York City. Um, great forward. I know Mike can say more about him, but he can play the wing. He can back up center forward with Diego Rubio. I don't know if he can challenge Diego Rubio for the starting spot at center forward, but it would be fun to see him try. Um, that was kind of the forced one. Then they go out and uh, sign Johan Croizet. And fans are kind of going, who? But that's kind of Vermi's style is to give us somebody we don't know who he, who he is quite yet. Um, all the highlight videos, he's a good replacement for Benny Fellhaber. Got more in the tank. Um, I remember at key points last season, uh, the Cauldron and some of Kansas City's fans were really down on Fellhaber and his lack of effort. But when they traded him, it was like the world was ending. Um, Fellhaber seemed to quit on the team, and I would say that I saw it, that he started to quit on the team a little bit, especially down the stretch. Um, better to get the trade money on him and go grab somebody like that. And then uh, signing Johnny Russell from Derby County, who is in the championship on their way to promotion, and they tried to re-sign him, and he, he wanted to leave. Um, another dynamic winger. Um, don't know if he's going to start over Shallowy. Um, everybody's really high on Shallowy, but that's going to be a fun battle to watch. Some good experience to train up the young guy. And then the kind of the unofficial announcements coming out. Um, Felipe Gutierrez, a Chilean international, was spotted in Kansas City this week at a restaurant and claimed to have signed a contract. So there's another designated player on this team, which I think makes five or six players that have been designated players. A few of them have been bought down since then, but Kansas city's uh, getting work done without really putting the big headlines out there. Um, going to be a little bit different style. I think Diego Rubio is going to be your number nine. Vermes is still trying to find somebody. Uh, fans are giving up hope. I still think he gets somebody, but I think it's going to be more of a depth signing. I think Diego Rubio is your guy. Um, and the defense is still intact. So that's what we're looking at in Kansas City this year is more solid defense. Team, you can pick up three or four guys on defense. Zussi will be a defender this year in fantasy. I don't think there's any way they don't do that. Um, if you adju adjusting his numbers, he would have been a top five or a top seven defender overall last year had he been a defender and gotten all the. Yeah. Had he been a defender with all the clean sheet bonuses top five or seven defender and the best attack one of i think the best attacking right back in the league so i mean there's just a lot of options on defense uh the offense still needs to show that they can do it but i think they're bringing in the right playmakers for fantasy where if gutierrez is going to start every game if croizette's going to start every game you've got some playmakers now that are going to be constantly in there and getting work done that you could take the risk on them again all right. Well said. Let's move on to Toronto MLS Cup champions. Best team ever, as our good friend Older Goaler uh, started his article with over at MLS Fantasy Boss. Um, does the best team ever need to make many transfers? I think that answer is no. Uh, their biggest one is just one transfer, and they brought in Gregory Vanderweil, uh, a Dutch national team player. So he's going to 
come in here as a fullback and help them out on defense. They they have lost a couple players. Uh, at least they lost Betashore going out um, and some people to the expansion draft. But uh, I don't know if Toronto repeats again, but I don't see any reason why they're not going to be just as strong and just as dangerous and fantasy viable uh, for this coming season. The only thing that goes along with that is they're probably going to be expensive, so you may not be able to splurge on a lot of guys on uh, Toronto's team. Anything to add? Nope. I mean, they'll be good again. You know, I don't know if they'll win at all because of the moves that Atlanta and New York City made. But, yeah, all the fantasy guys from last year are still pretty good. I mean, only losing, losing Betashore and replacing him with a, uh, Vanderweel is a pretty good offseason for when whenever you – as older goaler does not fail to remind us, the greatest team in MLS history. And it's that's true. We can't – you can't really argue that. I, I can't. He's, they've got the trophies. That's true. That's very true. My my only question with Toronto is just depth with injuries. I'm just looking at their transfers yeah. out, and they, I mean, they lost Edwards to the expansion draft, and I know he was, uh, he and Ricketts were kind of the two backup forwards. They, they, they were a big didn't. part of that run where they had a lot of games, and they they kept winning despite it because of them. Yeah. Um, and some other names, uh, Beta Shore being gone's big. Uh, Cheru is gone. Armando Cooper's out. I mean, they've lost a few, and uh, Subasa Endo was kind of hit or miss. I mean, they've lost a few guys that I saw as the first ones off the bench to come in when there was an injury, when they when they needed a change, when they needed a boost at the end of the game. So I, that's the only question mark I have, and that's not a big question going into the fantasy season, but. Do they have that depth to keep going quite like they did last year where you expect them to put up the best season, uh, best point total again, anything like that? I mean, I just I don't know if they're going to repeat all of those stats again this year because they lost a lot of depth. They're going to be an Iron Man team is what's going to happen. Okay, <laughs> and our last team that we're going to review, a uh, plug hype up for the night is uh, Vancouver. And Mike, I think you already touched on at least one of their transfers earlier on. So let's just start with you. Uh, I mean, the big transfer they had um, is Ousted out. Um, you know, he's in um, you know, DC now. Uh, they brought in Brian Rowe, who I think kind of got a raw deal from the Galaxy. Um, then they also brought in Kai Kamara, who, who has become the Ben Mendy of Vancouver. Um, not that he's hurt, but that he's the social media darling over there. Um, other than that, um, kind of some like homegrown USL signings. Um, I mean, their big international transfer um, is, uh, I think, Efrain Juarez uh, from Monterey. Uh, obviously, whenever you make a transfer um, from a Mex- Mexican club team, um, you expect um, some big things out of them in MLS. Um, so, I mean, this was a team that went into the last weekend of the season uh, contending for first spot in the West. Um, they have some youth with Davies uh, last year, and that's probably their plan again is to try to get those youth more minutes. Um, but, I mean, the, the real question is whether Kai Kamara and, and then whether they have enough chance creation. Um, I am not so certain that they do. Um you know, I don't think they have Freddie Montero back. Uh, his loan is expired. I haven't heard whether they're going to try to bring him back or not. But they're still missing that chance creator from what I understand is going to really, um, you know, create the chances, you know, give the service into Kai. Because, I mean, you know, when when Kai Kamara was really good is when he had Miram or Finley feeding balls in. 
I don't see anyone in Vancouver. I still think we're going to see the kind of same profile we've seen in years past where they're pretty good defensively, not like one of the best in leagues, and no one you can really trust offensively. Anything to add, Blaine? Yeah, I I think they're going to be relying on Christian Tachera to really carry this team in the midfield. And I don't know if he's quite ready for that. I mean, he's got some spectacular free kicks and everything else. I just don't know if he's quite ready to do that alone. Um, they lost a quite a bit of depth and quite a, a, a big part of their team this offseason. I mean, Christian Bolaños' option was declined. But given all the other exits, I think they would have rather kept him than lose him. Um, Matias Laba uh, is not coming back either. I mean, there's some names that we used to throw around in fantasy as solid points getters. I mean, chance creators getting in the attack that are not there anymore. Freddie Montero's loan's gone. I, I still think this is a solid squad, but I just don't see anybody outside of Tichera for his free kicks and set pieces that I'm really going to trust going into this season. Uh, defense will be above average again. I mean, it's a team that's built to grind out wins. Hopefully Kai Kamara can come in and really have a good year. But I think he's going to be priced out of fantasy. They're going to at least tag him at a nine, given his caliber. And I don't think you can trust the service to bring him in at nine. So Tachera and maybe Brian Rowe, if the defense can gel pretty quick i know they lost a few players so just gonna have to wait and see i think you guys are being a little little rough on on the white caps uh so i mean kamara like we've, we've touched on he's he's big in the air he needs that service coming in well last season six of the defenders for sport for uh sporting geez six of the defenders from vancouver had at least three assists for for the for the year um and uh, am I looking at the right category? So, nope, sorry, forget that. That's clean sheets. Uh, never mind that. But I still they they had six of their players had uh, had at least one assist. So they've got guys. Norwinsky had five assists. So you've got some service coming from defense. Uh, you had Tachera with uh, seven assists. You had Renya with four assists. So you've got some guys there on the wings who can bring things in. They brought in David Norman Jr. from Whitecaps too, who has a lot of experience playing in that central midfielder, maybe more of a, of a defensive type player. So I, I think you've got players on the wings already and some defenders who are going to be pushing up who can provide that service to Kai Kamara. So I, I don't think, I mean, like you said, they, they were a team that was challenging for the first place for a long time. And I know the West was weak, but uh, Vancouver looked really strong at times. And I, I don't think they're going to be as down and out as maybe, I kind of felt like you guys might have implied, but um, we got to see if it's there. You are definitely right from the fantasy point of view. We've got to see if that service is going to come. Yeah, I think you make a good point there, Reed. It's they are they do have a lot of pieces. I just think they're younger, and That's I don't okay. trust. Yeah. I don't trust them yet. I mean, it's yeah. just on paper. Like if Davies goes up to his potential, if Chichera plays to his his potential, if Rain is up at his potential, I mean, yeah, they could be one of the best teams in the West again. Um, uh, given the three rosters, I still think Vancouver might be favorites to win the Cascadia Cup this year. Mm, that's a prediction. That's right. Is it a Baron T? Who knows? No, it's a Blaine, Blaine and T? I don't know. Can we can we do that 
I don't know. We'll see. Hmm. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. I, I hope all of you guys are getting excited, guys and gals, are getting excited for this 2018 season. Fantasy's right around the corner, fingers crossed. We hope it's going to be fun. Uh, we're still trying to get some idea of what the schedule is going to be like with the total number of rounds. I have a draft at MLS Fantasy Boss right now. Uh, stay tuned. In the coming weeks, we're going to have more of our preseason podcasts. We're going to go more in-depth with the West, and we're going to go more in-depth with the East and pick out those big-name players you want to definitely not forget about when you're setting your first roster. And then, of course, uh, we're hoping the game will be out by this time that we'll be able to get Ben Bear to come back and talk about any of the changes and the reasons behind those for this season. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, keep looking up for all the updates, and uh, good luck. <laughs>